You know, and I shared this story several times. When I was in Oklahoma, I had to pay a ticket and I couldn't find nowhere close to park. I had to park about a mile away. Right. It was pretty warm that day. And as I'm getting close to the window, there's a lady back there. And God tells me to witness to this lady. I'm sitting up here fussing with God, telling her she don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. And so I be disobedient, <laughs> take care of my ticket, and walk back the mile to the vehicle I'm driving. Get back in the vehicle, God wouldn't let me put the key in the thing and start it. I had to walk back to that building, walk back a mile. And share with that lady about Christ. And that lady looked at me and said, There is a God. Yeah. See, when God tells us to do to share something with people, it's not about us and it's not for our benefit. Right. It's for that person because you don't never know. Because see, in that instance, the seed had already been planted. Right. God allowed me to come back and water. It's true. And he would do the increase. And you know, I tell you, the way that I witness a lot of time when I see guys or I come up on people, I just ask them a simple question. If you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? Yeah. And the looks on their faces just go all over everywhere. A lot of people don't witness because they don't know how. It's true. A lot of people don't witness because they're scared to witness. But that's the command he's given us. Right. Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples. Go be witnesses yeah. for me. That's what he told the disciples when they were like, Lord, where are you at this time? You know, that ain't your business. Stay in your lane. Just go be witness. It's true. And he said, start at home. <laughs> yeah. It's a setup. Start in the neighborhood. Go in the neighborhood. Yeah. Then go on out. But as Christians, we got to learn how to, you can sprinkle salt as a Christian mm -hmm. without saying a word. Right. Your behavior. It's true. Your attitude. It's true. How you respond to stuff. How many times you walked in a store and somebody said, how you doing, man, oh God? Mm -hmm. like, I don't have a clue who you are. Right. But they could just see it on you. God bless you. How many times people just came up and started a conversation with you? Yeah. Like you said, that man that saw you in KFC that time. KFC, yeah. Didn't know me from Adam. Mm -mm. So sometime, and I guess we'll go ahead and go here, here shortly because it keep popping on my tongue. But we've got a duty as Christians. Hmm. Hold on. Before I say that, do we had a response from? Uh, let me put the response up. Can you see it? Yeah. So I think maybe fear of being unsure of people's acceptance keeps us from sprinkling like we should. See the rejection part. There you go. Exactly. Uh, here we go exactly. again. Because I I used to, um, I used to be in sales uh, with a couple of companies. 
the where we did uh, cold calling mm-hmm. and what people don't where some people don't know what cold calling what cold calling is is that you just go and knock on people's doors or just walk up to anybody and try to basically get a conversation started with them so you can introduce your product or your service to them and you don't know them and they don't know you so you might get rejected you might even get cursed out or you mm-hmm. know and, and people can't handle rejection oh no but what we have to understand that in this christian life don't take it personal and that, that's what they used to tell us don't take it personal because when they are rejecting you they're not rejecting they're not you. rejecting you <laughs> they're rejecting christ right but you have to understand it too this way and i had this one gentleman who was my mentor um he said that um whenever he went out and we basically um uh had um insurance life insurance or we, we sold term life insurance uh we did mortgages we did investments and things like that this particular company that i was with mm-hmm. so he was one of the top earners in the company right and so he said the way he learned how to deal with rejection was this he said that people don't k-n-o-w know what you have to offer them so when they use the word no when you was trying to introduce your product or your service form he said he learned to not let that word no bother him he said because he knew he knew that when they said no it was actually because they didn't k-n-o-w know right but if they k-n-o-w knew what he had to offer them that would save them thousands of dollars, get them out of debt, uh, pay their house off instead of 30 years, pay their house off in 10 years. If they knew that the insurance was going to protect their families if they died, if if they knew that the right investments would bring them back the largest return, he said, then they would eventually would have said yes. He said, but by them not giving him the opportunity to K-N-O-W, no what he had to offer he said he heard the no but all it did all it meant to him was just the sound he didn't take it as a rejection because there was no way they could reject what he had to offer because why he knew what he had to offer was going to benefit them they just didn't know it so so it's go ahead ahead. ahead. i was gonna say so it's the same way with us there we go when people say no to us or reject us in that way what they're actually doing is rejecting something good something that's going to benefit them something that's going to give them eternal life what they're doing is rejecting the best thing that could ever happen to them and change their lives there you that's what i was gonna say see with their with with some people being fearful Mm -hmm. scared they're going to reject them because nobody likes rejection nobody exactly exactly what we have to share and sister miller we're gonna get to your comment in just a second what we have to share they need to know right they just don't know it they just don't know they need to know (laughs) (laughs) 
That's true. And see, if we go ahead and share, and they get before God, they say, well, God, I never knew about it. God will say, oh, yeah, you knew. Mm-hmm. You were told by such and such. Right. So you can't deny that you didn't know. You just rejected wanting to know. Mm-hmm. So, Sister Summers, we thank you for your response. Sister Miller says that some of us just very slothful. We lazy. That's true. That's true. If there ever was a time that the that Christians need to stand up and become lightly salty, that time definitely is now. Let, let's let's ask the question. I, I like that from uh, those two questions that came in. Um, and, and and I pray and hope that we're shedding some light on it, you know. Um, but Sister Miller's question is 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 slothful. Slothful, yeah. Uh, but the question is, well, why? Why are we slothful when it comes down to that? You, you know, really want to go there? Yeah, I you, do want to go. Really want to go there? I really want to go there. But you know your word. You know the words you've always come up with. Yeah. Don't tell them. Uh, I know. Distractions. Distractions. Yeah. That's why we slop. Everything else has our attention. What are they talking about right now? Donald Trump's house being raided. Yeah. People being upset because his house got raided. Mm -hmm. But they're not talking about people in Kentucky still being in the bad situation they are. Right. What are they talking about? What somebody's doing on TikTok that does not bring God glory? What somebody's doing on Instagram that glorifies the devil? Distractions. Yeah. That's why we're not doing it. Some people, again, some people don't know how, mm-hmm. which means that they're not being taught in church. Right. But then again, it's hard to teach people at church if you don't go to church. That's true. So you can't say you're not learning if you won't go to a church where places to be learned. How would you say, I mean, how would how would your wife feel? She in there cooking, and the food is in there. She doesn't fix your plate. It's on the table. You're like, baby, I'm hungry. Well, your food's right there. Right. You got to get up and go get it. God doesn't need to work. He's got, he does have some people in the vineyard. Yeah. He yeah. said the laborers are few. Right. So we need to get away from the distraction, get away from all the stuff that don't matter. You gotta realize people dying and going to hell. It's true. And if that does not bother you, something wrong with you. To know that people are dying and going to hell? That should disturb us. Right. But I, I I think for a lot of us, we've gotten involved with some of these things of the world to where these things have become a stronghold for us. And uh, if if it's 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 things like this, you, when when you think about it, uh, a lot of us who have pretty decent job, you know, we we got pretty decent bank account, you know, maybe have a nice house. Uh, something nice to drive in, you know. Um, when you think about those things, we, we, we're we trying to maintain them. 
Okay. And and then you have to actually think about it. Do I really have these things? Or do, the thing... or do these things have me? If I lost it today, how would I react? How would I function without these things? And see, if these things have you, they will keep you from doing what you're supposed to do. I believe it was uh, Charles Spurgeon. He said, uh, when it comes down to the Bible, he said that sin will keep you from the Bible. And the Bible will keep you from sin. So if we're letting sin and possessions control us instead of us controlling them, then we're not going to be about the things of God because we're too much focused on the things of the world. And and, and the Bible talks about that. You know, we we'll be. Uh, and we should be in the world, not of the world, but a lot of us are of the world, even though we're in it. We're of the things that um, that face us every day. But basically, again, distract us from what God told us to do. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, why am I not doing what I know I'm supposed to do? Why? What, what's the reason? Why come and I do it? I mean, and, and that's a self-evaluation question that everybody has to ask themselves. You know, what is it that's distracting me? Or what is it that I love to do more? And see, that's where the question comes in at right there. You know, love will make you do things that you don't want to do. Was that Green say love make you do right? Love will make love you do make, make you do, do wrong. wrong. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself. Make you stay out yeah, late. Yeah. Make you late, stay out late all night long. Make you come exactly. home early. <laughs> make you stay out all night long. <laughs> but love will make you do the things that um, uh, you're supposed to do. But so why is it that when we know exactly how much God loves us, how much Christ loves us, why wouldn't we do what he asks us to do in return because we love him? What's the scripture say? We love him because he, because first. he first loved us. So <laughs> is, 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 is it a lack of love that keeps us from moving forward? You know, one thing I think, Mason, I think one of our biggest issues is we take God for granted. I think that's one of the biggest problems with Christians is that we actually take God for granted because we know he's there. Right. We know we can call on him. Mm -hmm. We know if we get in trouble, he may whoop us, get us back in line. Right. But we know we can call on him. And, and even when we call him, we say he may not come when we call him. But he'll show but he up always show right up on time. time. Exactly. And then we said we add that thing. When he show up, mm-hmm. he gonna show out. But I, I do believe that, and not only do we take him for granted, 
a lot of Christians are what I like to call grace abusers. Mm-hmm. Lord, I shouldn't do this, but I know I shouldn't say this, but no, I shouldn't go there, but some of it gets so bold, Lord, you're gonna have to forgive me for this. <laughs> you're gonna have to forgive me for this. There are all kinds all kinds of reasons why we're not sprinkling our salt. Right. But Jesus said if you lose your savor, right, you're good for nothing to be trampled under men's foot. But then not only does he say we are the salt of the earth, verse 14, he says, we are the light of the world. Uh, light. What does light do? What's the significance of light? To expel darkness. That is. Light expels darkness. Mm-hmm. Walk in a dark room and hit the light switch. Darkness will go away. He, he said we salt, and now he said we light. Get in your car and try to die, drive in the dark of the night on a dark road without some light. Right. You're going to be in trouble. You won't get far. No. But if you turn your lights on, so that, that's what's wrong. Too many Christians walk around here with their lights off. It's true. And then some of them got their lights. They just got their park lights on. Yeah. Turn your lights on. We, we, we ought to be running around now with our high beams on. <laughs> well, I agree. Because it's like it's getting darker and darker. It's true. I, on some roads that I go to go home, deers are prevalent. Yeah. And so, excuse me. So I don't ride with my bright lights on a lot because when some deer see lights, bright lights, they'll run to the light. So I, I just drive with my low beams on. But what if the cinnamon was like the deer? That if we really turned out, and I just got an analogy here, mm-hmm. if we turned our high beams on, they run to the light. What if Christians turned their high beam lights on? Where they saw you loving, that's your high beam light. Where they saw you walking what you say. Where they saw you treating your wife right and treating your spouse like you should and treating your children right. And if you're still blessed with your parents, honoring your mother and father. What if they saw you with your high beams on? What if they saw you say, God bless you when somebody cussed you out? Mm-hmm. They'd see the Jesus in you. Right. The problem is a lot of us walk around with our low beams and our park beams. Yeah. Right? So, oh, when them all fall together. Yeah, one of them will be out. <laughs> <laughs> but but people don't understand that back in the days, light was not just walking into a room turning on a light switch. Right. Life was about buying oil. Mm-hmm. 
and having something to light the you know the wick that went down into the oil of the candles. That's right. There. And back in the day, they had even back in our days. I remember that we had these globes or these little lanterns that we put oil in, and yeah, you, and then you put a yeah. And if you notice, eventually the light started out bright, mm -hmm. but eventually the light would start getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And what the older people knew is that was the smut and the smoke coming from the wick. Right. And so it would settle on the glass globe. Mm -hmm. And it would take away some of the brightness, Lord, help me here, of their light. <laughs> <laughs> so what they would do is they would get something and clean the globe to remove the smut and the dirt, put it back on there, and the light shine bright again. Right. Tell me what you're trying to say. Some people got some smut. Got some smut on it. <laughs> Need to be clean. That's why your light <laughs> not shining. That's, that's why people say, I thought you was a Christian. Right. Because there's some stuff that need to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. Because your lights. We were sitting in church in Oklahoma one Sunday, and the lights went out. The sanctuary. And so at the back door, we had two wood doors, but there's doors to walk in. The vestibule with glass doors. And on both sides of the church, we had two doors, two exits. Right. So we opened the two wood doors so some light could come through those and we opened the two side doors. Pastor got somebody's cigarette lighter, flicked it and preached, turn your light on. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Remember, I think it's like Lincoln Continental. Yeah. Used to have that thing that come down over the light. Over the, uh, over the light. headlight. Yeah. yeah. And remember, whenever that thing stopped working, your lights wouldn't right. shine. <laughs> Corvettes used to pop up their lights, would go back down. And whenever one light would go bad, one would come up, the other one. See, folks got their light covered. Yeah. The world can't see Jesus in us like it should because our lights are not shining. That's true. It's 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 sad that it's like that, um, but but it is. Um, I like what uh, Second Corinthians said about that. Um, I think Second Corinthians uh, four and chapter three uh, talks about, but if our gospel be hid. Be hid it is here to them that are lost. Uh, he says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of, the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He left us here to be that light. And if we had the light, then people are going to be lost. Could Christ do it? 
could. He could do it another way if he wanted to. But he didn't set it up like that. He set it up for us to be what? Light of the world. And so that's what we have to do. We have to be that light. So if, if you think about it, if he called us to be a light, then that means that the world must be dark. There you go. And people probably say, well, the world's not dark and the world's a nice place. And well, we're not talking about all of that. We we talking about the spiritualness. Men love darkness. Yeah. Rather Men than love. Exactly. Men love darkness. Love. Rather than light. Now, we trying to get them to love Christ, who is the light or what we're representing as far as the light of the world. We're, we're basically representing Christ. So we're trying to change that love around from men loving darkness. To men loving Christ. Now, 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 why would they love darkness rather than the light? Because, because their deeds are dark. Their deeds are evil. Because their deeds match darkness. Their deeds are opposite of what Christ stands for. That's why, and, and everybody on here that is born again, everybody on here or everybody that will listen, that is now a believer, at one point in time, our deeds were dark. Right. He's called us from darkness to the marvelous light. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so what, oh, Lord, look at that. He called us from darkness to the marvelous light. Now he calls us the light of the world. Mm -hmm. But we're the light of the world to lead people to him. Right. Because somebody helped lead us out of darkness to the marvelous light, which was him. Right. But men love darkness because what? Their deeds are evil. Their mm -hmm. deeds are dark. Right. They love what they do. What is it that you say? People say, oh, I, I, I'm so glad the Lord delivered me from a miserable life of sin. Yeah. If it was so miserable, why you stayed it so long? Mm -hmm. Be honest. You enjoyed what you were doing. That's why you were there to. so long. Right. Because right. if it were that miserable, you wouldn't have stayed in it. True. True. Because how, how many times do we run into situations uh, and, and encounter things in our life that we don't like? And because it's in our control, <clears throat> we'll get away from it. Right. Or run away from because it's, it's it's not pleasurable for us, and we're not going to enjoy it. So we we can do things to get away from that, and some things are out of our control. Well, even if it's out of our control, we still would do our best to try to get away from it because it's not it's it's not pleasurable for us. Um, the only time you find out. That sin is miserable, which we stand up in church and it's part of our testimony. We get up and say, uh, well, you know, I want to thank the Lord for delivering me from a miserable life of sin. Well, the only time you find out that it's miserable is once you come out of it and look back on it and you say it was miserable. But even by you saying that it's miserable, you still have to admit that it was pleasurable. Because the Bible says there's pleasure in sin. Yes, sir. My season may have been shorter than yours or longer than yours. And I don't know, but the whole time I stayed in it, it was pleasurable for me. That's why you stayed in it. That's why I stayed in it. And that's why you even fought getting out of it. Exactly. <laughs> 
Because before we got out of it, we heard or we felt the Lord trying to call us. Right. To which we knew that's why some of us ran. Mm -hmm. Some of us ran from our calling. Some of us ran from giving the Lord our lives. <laughs> but in due time. <laughs> right. Right. So, so sin, he says now, you're the light of the world. Mm -hmm. He wants to use us to help pull men out of darkness to come to him, which is the marvelous light. Right. Now look what he says here. He says, a city that sits on a hill cannot be hid. He, he's making a, a, a comparison with our light. Our light should not be hid because if a city is set up on a hill, you can see that city. Right. Which means if we are the light of the world, people ought to be able to see our light. Mm-hmm. And so he goes on and say, again, Lord have mercy, ye are the light of the world. A city that sits on a hill cannot be, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bush. You don't put the light where you can't see it. That's what's wrong with the world is too many people can't see the Christian's light. Too many Christians hide in their light. But in actuality, we need to be letting our light, as the text going to say, so shine here a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. I see it. Let me throw a question in there. Um, and, and I'm just saying, could, could it be that uh, the Christians fall in the category of men Loving darkness rather than light, because our deeds are evil. The Christian, the Christian, there is a spiritual tug of war going on within the Christian, and and I don't think, and I, I hate to use that phrase, think and believe, but I don't think that we necessarily love it. I think there are just some people who are just weak to the flesh mm -hmm. when they don't have to be. And I'm not, hold up, let me go on and clarify this. I'm not giving nobody a license or an excuse. Because <laughs> a Rev said on, on the podcast the other night that people, we, I'm just weak. You know, right. like, Lord, know my heart. No. When I say we're weak, I say that we, we deny the power because every time we say no to God, we chose to say no to God because right. we had the power to say yes to God. Right. That's why that's why free will is so dangerous right. because it gives you that choice right. to say yes and no. Right. And so remember Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, mm -hmm. ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. But I heard one preacher say this right here regarding, he said, what if that individual, that Christian, keep undertaking what overtook him? Hmm. They keep indulging in it. That that goes into that stronghold, and we're probably going to have to do a series on right. stronghold. Right. So we got to wrap this up. That, that's, that, that's probably what that is. But there's a constant battle. Mm -hmm. Now, people say this all the time, and they quote, uh, Romans 7, where Paul says, oh, when I would do good, 
evil is present with me. Psalm said, every time I try to do the right thing, I always end up doing the wrong thing. It's true. But when you say every time I try to do what's right or when I would do good, evil is present, again, there's a choice that's made. So what choice are we making? Because the spirits can always say, nope, don't go there. True. So, so that's what that comes in. That's all about choice. And I don't know, maybe not, we'll talk about it. But it, it's about the choice we make. People, it's like when we were talking about people not witnessing. Mm-hmm. Some people choose not to. So now we got people who've been born again who keep sinning. Deliverance needs to be, mm-hmm. needs to happen there. But also that person has to make up in their mind that, that this is wrong. Right. If you can do something and, and it's not a problem when it's wrong for you to do it, there's a problem. Right. But if there's this little tuck of war going on, there's this struggle, that's a good sign. Good sign. Yeah. I'm not saying it's okay to do wrong, but I'm just saying that if you can do it and there's no struggle there, that's a problem. Right. Right. But if there's a struggle there, at least you still, because there's that war going on. That's that war. Yeah. That's war against the spirit and the spirit go against it's the flesh. It's true. But he said, don't put your light under a bushel, put it on the candlestick so that it can give light to the whole room. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's I, th- I think we have to look at this thing too, that in each one of these is a command for us. <laughs> See, if, 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 if we don't understand the command then he says that uh, that our salt, if if we become as Christians, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, right, and the light of the world. Now he says, if we become unusable by choice, that's it. Yeah, we become unusable. What they used to do, and and I go back to the salt a little bit. The old unusable salt was thrown out uh, in the pathways, you know, out in the street where uh, where people walk. You know, when it rained, rain would just wash it away, uh, and the uh, the leftover sodium chloride in the salt would kill vegetation. Okay, uh, and so you see, they they used to use it uh, to kill vegetation. You know, so what they wanted to do was keep the the pathways clear, keep them green, uh, uh, keep the weeds out. You know, and and uh, basically, what would happen is that it would be trodden over by the feet of men. So what God is telling us is that we have to be this. This thing is serious about us being the salt of the earth and being the light of the world. 
He said he doesn't want us to be like unused salt. Because when we become unused salt, we risk the chance of being trodden or trampled over by evil men. See, they're having victory over us because we're just like that unused salt. They'll step over us. They'll be able to uh, defeat us because God has called us to be effective salt. But the salt that we have, if we don't use it, then we'll be just like that unused salt that they throw it out in the pathway that evil men would try it over. And so, so they, he's telling us, and, and, and this is command. See, See, we can't, we can't, can't sit back and say, well, uh, I don't feel like it. it ain't just something I want to do. That, that ain't my, my cup of tea or, or my expertise. He said, no, you the salt of the earth. So you, I expect for you to be salty and, and, and to be effective and be influential like you're supposed to be. That light is supposed to shine uh, in darkness, in a dark world. And if you do exactly what I call you to do, then guess what? I'm going to make sure that everything turns out exactly how I planned it. But if you don't do that, what's going to happen is you're going to be like that unused salt the way you're going to be defeated. So we have to make up the choice whether or not we want to be victorious for God by doing what he wants us to do, or we want to be a saint or a Christian that's going to be defeated. Uh, still a choice for up to us. But it's also a command that when we say no, then we're basically just being disobedient to God also. All right. So choose to put your light. Choose to use your soul. Choose to put your light. Because he said, put it, put it on a candlestick. Right. So that those in the house can see it. It's true. In verse 16 says this right here. Let your light so share. That's right. Right. Let that, that would stop right there. In the Let middle. your light. Right. I don't care who, who else, don't worry about everybody. Don't worry about everybody else. Exactly. Let your light right. so shine before me. So that they can see your good works. Mm -hmm. Watch this. And then. And give God the glory. See our light, just like our saltiness, can lead people to Christ. It's true. And that's what it's all about. That's it. Let your light so shine. Right. And if every individual Christian is letting their light shine, that's a lot of light. Would be like the sun. Right. It's about like he said, it's my people. <laughs> yeah. Just turn your light on. Mm -hmm. Just turn your light on. We live in a dark world. Like it's starting to get dark now. Yeah. When I drove up here with light, didn't need no lights on. It's true. As I go back down the road, I got to have lights for the lights to help me see. Mm -hmm. Light to guide me. Exactly. The light will show me some stuff. Christians, we have to turn our lights on. Last word, sir. 
I think that we 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 can look at this thing like this. Uh, we, everybody always wants to be effective in in whatever you're doing, you know. Even if you're behind the scenes, when it comes down to working for God, you know, as He said, "Let your light so shine that men and women shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." Um, if if you look at us, all of us as Christians, and just say the only light that we give off is candlelight, okay? But he asked us all to let our light so shine, okay? If we all let our light so shine, think about it. Our light will shine as bright as the sun. What does the sun do? Well, the sun lights up the whole world. And when it lights up the whole world, what does it do? It benefits the whole world. You can't live without the sun. As Christians, we need to learn how to live like the sun, the S-O-N, and not the S-U-N. The S-U-N, when it shines brightly and it does exactly what it's supposed to do, it functions exactly like it's supposed to do, it provides us with all kind of benefits. And so he tells us, if we let our light so shine, in that same manner, we're going to provide the whole world with benefits. But if our light doesn't shine, we're not going to be able to do that. And so when we when we look at everything that, that he has commanded us to do here in Matthew uh, chapter 5 here, um, we want our salt to be effective, if influential. We have to understand that salt is a preservative, that salt gives us flavor. Uh, and the world is lacking that right now. Right, right now, now, our world is decaying. It really is. And how do we know that this world is decaying? Because sin is causing death. The Bible said that the wages of sin is death. So, but the gift of God is eternal life. So when we when we look at this, we want to make sure that we're giving that salt influence, you know, because of the flavor that it gives, the uh, the influence that it gives. We want to make sure that we're giving the light that we're supposed to give because of the benefits that are going to come from that light. And if we're not doing that, then the world is basically perishing away rotting away basically because of us. See, we don't like to point the finger. Oh, no. We don't want to be the no, no. reason no, no. No. for what's happening. No. Not us. But again, according to Second Chronicles uh, 7 and 14, we if my people are the problem. And, and, and if we don't do what we're supposed to do, then we can't get mad at the rest of the world that's not saved, that's not living right, that's not doing what they're supposed to do. We can't get mad at the world 
and wonder why they're so bad and they're so evil. Well, it's because what we know, we're, we're not, not using it to, to prevent a lot of this stuff. We're keeping quiet. We're keeping the, the influence of, of the salt from doing what it's supposed to do and the light from doing it. And so how can we get upset at a world that's falling apart, that's petrifying, that's rotting away? How can we get mad at a world when God has already put us uh, in positions to keep a lot of that from happening? How are we going to get mad at them? You can't point the finger at them. Get to point the finger at us because we're the gifted ones. This Whether is we true. want to believe that or not, we're the gifted ones. This is true. What we want to do <clears throat> is to be guilty right. of what the word is telling us to do. Exactly. Since he's told us that we are this and we are that, since we're salt, salt has a duty. You are the light. Light has a duty. So it's basically telling us, operate in your duties. Mm -hmm. He didn't say we were one or the other. He tells us we both are. Right. So we got dual duties. And so what we want to do is we want to live so. Like the song say that God can use us anywhere, anytime. <laughs> but we want to make sure we're sprinkling salt. Right so that we add flavor, that we start preserving, because we want to preserve people from hell. That's true. And we want people to see the light in us, because the light that's in us is the light, is Jesus Christ. I agree. And we want them to see that light so they can do what the songs say, walk in the light. Right. The beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. Mm-hmm. Shine all around me by day and by night. Jesus, the light, light of the world. That's true. Amen. We hope you all have enjoyed um, this series on the Christian life. And we hope you guys have enjoyed um, this episode tonight, talking about salt and light. The word of God says that you are the salt of the earth if you're a Christian. And you have a duty to add flavor and to help preserve. He tells us we are the light of the world. And then he uses this. He says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. <clears throat> In other words, he says, excuse me, don't hide your light. Let your light. So he says, don't put it on the, under a bush. So put it on the candlestick. Mm -hmm. So that that light can give light to all that are in the house. You give direction. It's true. To all that are in the house. You'll be helping. And he said, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify God. It's true. That's what it's all about. We're salt and light so we can help lead people to Christ. And God gets glory. God gets the glory. Sure. Again, we thank you all for joining. Uh, you have any questions? Thank those two for your comments and for helping us 
we want to do be more interactive with the audience. So we thank you all for that. Um, we'll do more and more of that. Appreciate your comments and you all chiming in on the questions we ask. Hey, um, you can watch the rebroadcast of this um, on for such a time as this. We put up the second part to last week's episode earlier today, so it is online also. Um, we thank you all for being with us again on tonight. We look to be back next Tuesday night with another episode of For Such a Time as This. So again, God bless you. We thank you for joining us. Reverend John Mason, Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, again, Brother Sam is at work still. And we just wanted to say thank you all for joining us on tonight. So we're going to close out with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We bless you for what has taken place on tonight. Thank you for these mediums, dear God of getting this word out. Thank you for being able to just reach the world through social media, God. And we just pray that you increase our territory, dear God. You enlarge our coast. God, give us what you would have for us. Thank you for being with us on tonight. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. And thank you for our audience and all that will view this podcast on tonight. So until the next time that we come together, God, keep us. Keep us safe. Bless the Mason's home. Thank you for him opening his doors for us to be able to do this every week. So, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Now, God, we thank you. We bless you for reminding us of who we are in this Christian life. We're salt and we're light. Help us to be lightly salty and help us to turn our lights on. It's in Jesus' name we ask and we thank you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Until next time, we'll see you later. Amen.